0: you can receive the tithes and the offerings. And uh, you can be turning over to the book of Galatians, if you would, while they're receiving uh, the tithes and offerings. Uh, You know, last week we began a series on the fruit of the Spirit. That's why I was talking about fruit just a moment ago. And uh, we began a series on the fruit of the Spirit. And I had much introductory material that I shared with you. And it's On the website, I can't go through all that again this morning, but it's on the website for free. If you want to go there, you can look up the message from last week. But you know, Jesus is looking for us to produce fruit. He's looking for us to produce fruit. And there were some pretty blunt things that we shared with you last week from Scripture, what Jesus had to say uh, about producing fruit. And about people who don't produce fruit. His followers who don't produce fruit. And there were some very sobering things that he had to say. About people, his followers that do not produce fruit. Jesus does not like it when we do not produce fruit. He just doesn't like it. And so we went through all of that last week and remember... As you look into the Bible, yes, you see the natural fruit, you know, that people eat. But there's two other kinds of fruit that that Jesus is referring to and looks at. The first one is souls, souls. And we went to the book of James and I showed you over there how God is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth to, to come in and so forth. And God uh, sees souls as fruit. And so if we as believers are not making an effort to like through these tracks you know passing them out or just putting them in strategic locations wherever it is you go during the week if we're not doing things like that uh, to share the gospel with people uh, you know we're seen as unproductive by the Lord and it's very sobering very sobering Soul winning is, is what's most important to God. It really is. And if we're not doing that, then we're seen as unproductive to the Lord. Souls is the number one fruit that he's looking for. Okay? And then, and that's sobering, to think about that. And then the second kind is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, which is what we're doing a series on, and remember, it's the fruit of the born-again human spirit. When you get born again, you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you receive Him. Uh, he distributes, the Holy Spirit distributes into your spirit nine fruit, nine fruit. And those fruit, they're put in there when you when you get saved, but uh, you need to, uh, just like fruit on a tree or... You know strawberries that grow and whatnot. You've got to do some things to to keep the tree, the fruit tree, healthy, don't you? To get the fruit or the ground healthy to get the strawberries or whatever. There's ways to cultivate uh, the fruit. And and even though you have fruit in, if you're saved, if you, you if you've received Jesus, even though you got fruit in you, it doesn't necessarily mean that that fruit is healthy and 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 vibrant. You, you understand that. And so. Uh, we showed you last week how to, uh, keep that fruit on the inside of you, how to get it to grow. And, and and I've also learned this about the fruit of the spirit. It can be greater or less at different times in people's lives. You know, um, if, uh, you know, if you're not like your grass, let's look at your grass. If you're not watering your grass in the summertime and it's real hot, what's going to happen? That grass, grass is going to what? It's going to, Wither and die but but if you keep it watered and fertilized properly and so forth, you know uh, even though it's hot and it hasn't been raining, uh, what will happen? Your grass will look nice and green and pretty and lush and is that right? And the same thing's true with the fruit of the spirit just because we're born again doesn't mean that that fruit is going to be vibrant within us. you know when we get saved the fruit's there. But we've got to do some things to cause it to be to be vibrant and and healthy and so forth. And and we showed you that last week. Said some things to you about it. How to do that? Uh, I'll probably review with you a little bit on that as we go. But in Galatians 5:19, just a review here. This is our text for the for this series. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Galatians 5:19. The works of the flesh are evident, which are Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Which means he didn't list them all there. He just these sorts of things and the like. Did you ever notice the, the works of your flesh? I, I mean, I learned this a long time ago. And what do you mean the works of the flesh? You, you know when Adam sinned in the garden, uh, he fell. Adam and Eve they fell, and it affected all of us, and it introduced this what's called the sin nature into mankind, or also known as as, as the principle of the flesh. Or the, uh, you understand what I'm saying? It's 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 something that even after you get saved, the Apostle Paul makes it very clear. Even after we get saved, we still have to deal. With that, that, that flesh, not talking about the, your physical body, but that, that principle. I mean, even after you accepted Jesus, have you ever been tempted to want to sin and do wrong? And, and how many of you know your flesh is, your flesh, you know what I mean? It wants to go after that, that which isn't right. I learned this a long time ago. It's, it's my flesh wants to do one of three things things that are illegal. Immoral or fattening? <laughs> Did you ever notice that about your flesh? Huh? Particularly the fattening part, you know? And of course we have to keep that flesh under control. And and, and you do that by developing the, the fruit of the Spirit. But uh, you need to realize that about yourself. That even though you, you've received Jesus as your Savior... The fruit of the spirit are all inside your spirit. They're put there by the Holy Spirit. You still have that principle of the flesh to deal with. Don't you wish that would just go away? Yes. Wish it would. But it, it ultimately won't until after the rapture of the church and the resurrection and all of that. Where we'll have to deal with it. Or until we you know, go to heaven by way of the grave that's there that that principles within all of us even though we're saved now just 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 hold that for a second let's let's read on here notice what he says here about these works of the flesh they have to be controlled and here's why look at verse 21 look at the last part of that was we just he just listed them it's a partial list and he said those who Who what? Did he say those who just blunder and make a mistake? He said what? What does practice mean? It means it's a lifestyle. Doing it all the time, regularly. Do you understand that? Those who practice these things will not what? inherit the kingdom of God and dear friends he's writing this now this may upend some people's theology but he's writing this the apostle Paul the Holy Spirit through the apostle Paul is writing this to a local church to, or to a group of churches churches in the region of Galatia did you get what I just said there? Did you get what he... Not what I said. Did you get what he said? I mean, I'm going slow here because this is so sobering. He's writing to Christians. This is being written not to sinners. This is being written to Christians. Could Christians have the works of the flesh going on in their life? Absolutely. And then he says to Christians... He says, those who practice these things will not, what? Inherit the kingdom of God. See, I believe in the grace of God. I believe that we're saved by grace through faith apart from works, absolutely. The Bible is clear on that. But I believe in true grace, not greasy grace. Did you get what I just said? And a lot of that's being preached in this nation right now. Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but, you know, say a little prayer, but then you just live however you want. That's not what this Bible teaches. Do you understand that? Actually, the grace of God that the Bible teaches empowers us to live holy and live right. Now, you don't earn heaven by living holy and living right. It's a free gift. But when that free gift affects your spirit, you get born again, the desire to live right... Is there, and we must live right. We must live holy. And if we don't, I don't know how. I don't know how to sidestep that verse of scripture right there. I can't get over that around. I, I I've been, I've been trying to get around that, over that, under that since I've been a kid. Not, not because I wanted to sin, but it, it just kind of upends the theology a lot. That well, just believe on the Lord, and and then just go on and do whatever you want. You're going to go to heaven. That, I, that you. That scripture is sobering to me. How about to you? He's writing to Christians. Now, now don't misunderstand me. I believe in the grace of God and heaven is a free gift. Somebody say amen. Don't want anybody to misunderstand me. We cannot earn our way to heaven. It's a free gift. But to think that we can believe on the Lord and then just live our lives and practice sin continuously just doesn't line up with Scripture. And the Bible says, those who practice such things will not what? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, now verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit, which is where we're putting our emphasis here in this series, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And we're going to go through these. We're going to go through these you know, today we're going to talk about love and so forth and go through these. Just like fruit, have you ever gone into the produce uh, department of, of a grocery store and you see a bunch of different fruit there, don't you? They don't all look the same, do they? you got bananas and pears and apples and oranges. They don't all look the same. Well, these all don't look the same. They don't, feel, they don't all feel the same, right, when you're in the, 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 departments or the grocery store. And, and the fruit, they sure don't all taste the same, do they? They don't taste the same. Same thing with these fruit here. There's nine of them mentioned. They're different. There's different aspects to each one of them. They look a little different, taste a little different, act a little different. So we're going to go through so that we understand what each one is and, and how to develop in it. And he says, against such there is no law. If we'll walk in the... If we'll let these fruit develop in our lives... And this is what you really need to get. The only way really to overcome the works of the flesh... Is to develop... What do you mean, works of the flesh? We just read them right there. The only way to over, Listen carefully. The only way to overcome the works of the flesh... Is to develop in the fruit of the Spirit... I mean, you can overcome the works of the flesh for a while in your willpower, but you can't ultimately long-term overcome the works of the flesh with willpower. The only way to overcome the works of the flesh long-term and live a life, it's it's like the weight thing. I keep talking about that. But has anybody ever lost a bunch of weight, but then you just put it right back on besides me? See, in New Year's Resolution, you, 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 lose, you, you eat right for a few weeks, you, you do lose some weight. But then you go right back to the old lifestyle and you put it right back on and usually more, right? See, but, but, but to get the weight off and to keep it off, there has to be a, a what? A changed lifestyle. Your lifestyle has to change. And, uh, and so the only way to get victory over the flesh long term is not through willpower, but through developing the fruit of the Spirit, which we just read there, developing these within you. Okay? And, and to the degree, and I said this last week, I want to say it again, to the degree the fruit of the Spirit develops in our lives, to that degree we will overcome the works of the flesh. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. See, and that just proved what I just said to you. See, develop in the fruit of the spirit. Develop those fruit. Walk in the spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You see, you see it right there. By developing in the fruit, then you'll not fulfill the lusts of the of the flesh. And of course, last week we we told you how to walk in the spirit. Walk in according. According to the Word of God, study the Word of God, read the Word of God, live according to it. Pray, pray in the in your understanding. Pray in the spirit, in other tongues, you know, and and so forth and so on. And we talked about that last week. Now, uh, let's start with the first one: love. Isn't that the first one listed in that list? Yeah. So let's talk about love here for the time we have left here today. Love. And then next week we'll go on to joy and so forth. But love. Now, love is the most important fruit. You know why that is? It's because it's the fruit that is most like God. Okay? Love is the most important fruit. Now, all these fruit are important. Don't misunderstand me. But there's a reason that love is listed first. And I believe it's because it's it's the most important one. And it's because of these nine fruit... It is, love is the most one like God. Okay? Now, notice here, in 1 John 4.16, 1 John 4.16, 1 John 4.16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. And then, notice what the Bible says, God is love. Love. Didn't say he has love, says he what? Is love. Now, he certainly has love, all right, but he is love. You need to understand that about God. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Why is that? Because God is love. It's interesting, when you study in the in the Greek, the Greek uh, language, which is what the New Testament was written in, of course, it was translated from Greek into English for us, But the Greek word is agape, agape, which is A-G-A-P-E, agape. And what that means, and much we could say about it, we could talk for hours about it, but most simply put, it's unconditional love. Unconditional love. Did you know that God is going to love you no matter what you do? You know that? He's going to love you no matter what? Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't have to do a thing in the world to get him to love you. A lot of people are trying to work to get God to love them. No, God loves you no matter what. He, 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 he is what? God is love. And the Greek word is agape. We could say God is agape. He is love. And so this word used for love here in, in Galatians 5, is the word agape. God is love. Okay? Now, I think this is interesting. I've already said it several times here today. But go to Romans 5, verse 5. Remember I said a few moments ago, when you get born again, what happens? Uh, All of these nine fruit are are implanted or distributed, however you want to say it, into your human spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And this verse really brings it out, especially for, for love. Look at this, Romans 5, 5, now hope does not disappoint, now watch this, because the love of God, the love of God, agape, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts or in our spirits, our hearts, by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When was he given to us? When we got saved. This isn't talking about the baptism of the Spirit. This is talking about the the new birth, being born of the Spirit. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you receive Him. The love of God is poured out into your heart. Did you realize that we can love the same way God loves? Unconditionally? That's what the Bible just said right there. The love of God has been... The King James says, shed abroad into your heart. New King James here says, has been poured out or distributed or put into your hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We need to realize all of us has, have the capacity to love just the way God loves. Now that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Think about that. And God expects us to develop in this love, in this fruit... Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm interested in 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 developing the love of God into my into my life. And as I said before, I want to say it again: all of the fruit, including love, can be greater or less in our lives based on the attention that we give each each fruit. Have you ever gone through a spell in your life where you're just spending time? Well, I'll just talk about myself. I've gone through times where I'm spending time in the Word, spending time around the Lord, with the Lord, praying, studying, and you just fall in love with people. Just love people. People come up to you and do you wrong and you just love them. You just don't pay any attention to it. And then there's been other times in my life where I haven't been spending time with the Lord like I should. I haven't been been in the word like i should i you know haven't lost my salvation it's that's not the issue it's just i hadn't been spending time around the lord and folks would come up do the same thing that they might have done the week before or the month before and i'm real sharp or, or 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 you know i'm real i get angry with them has anybody ever done that besides besides me you go through spells where somebody could come up and just, if you're, I tell you what, you're walking with the Lord. Somebody come up and smite you on the cheek. What do you do? You smite him back. Well, he needs some work. We got to get some work. We work on him. We're going to have to work on him. Smite him back. We gotta, I got my work cut out for me. No, no, we're supposed to, when we're smote, you know what smote means? Smited, hit, slapped, slapped. When we're slapped, what would Jesus say? When we're slapped onto one cheek. There you go. Now that's love, isn't it? Now, did you, now, now have you ever realized this? Your flesh doesn't want to do that? Because your flesh wants to do just what he said. When you're slapped, you want to do what? You want to slap them back. I do what oh yeah yeah I told you the story when I was playing racquetball And I, I'll make it real quick but I'm up there you know racquetball how many knows what racquetball is and and a friend of mine I'm up there playing he's behind me and he oh because he'd already hit me a few times like in the shoulder and in the back of the head and whatnot and then finally he hits me just right there and just and I turned around and I got mad I, and I, it takes a lot to get me mad, but he had hit me several times, and not on purpose. it was he never hit me on purpose i don 't think it was all just and I turned around i I went back and i got I put my goggles down, I got right up in his face and i and I seldom ever act this way i shouldn 't have done it and, and, and I was about ready to give him a piece of my mind and and he said, "My pastor, my pastor, because he, he used to say, never forget that you know how you, now what are you going to do you know? And he said, he said, you remember what Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Well, well, you know, so I put my goggles back on, I went back up, I, I, I turned the other cheek and about three points later, guess what? He hit me, he hit me there also. <laughs> anyway. So when, when, but, but the point I'm trying to make is, is if, if, if you're walking in the love of God, you can be hit on one cheek, and what will the love of God do? Turn the other. Turn the other. Somebody can wrong you seven times, and you forgive them seven times, and not only seven times, but Jesus said seven times. 70, that's in one day, 490 times in a day. Walking in the love of God. Are we all... Somebody said, well, I can't walk in the love of God. No, what do we show you? The love of God, if you're born again, has been what? Shed and brought in your hearts. And we can walk in the love of God. We could forgive somebody 490 times in a day of the same thing. And if you really study what, what he was talking about there, and I don't have time to get into it, but... What Jesus was saying is, as long as time is determined on man, we're supposed to be forgivers, you see. Now, the flesh doesn't want to do that, but that's why we're teaching on this, to try to get you developed in the fruit of the Spirit so we can overcome the works of the flesh. Okay? So now, having said that, uh, I want you to turn over, uh, go over to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Actually, we're going to go into the 13th chapter, but... But but I, I'm just going to mention something in First Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Paul, the apostle, the Holy Spirit through him, talks to this church, the church in Corinth, about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, what is this series on? This series is on the the fruit. The fruit. But you need to realize there's nine fruit of the Spirit which we're studying on. But there's also Nine gifts of the Spirit. You need to realize that. And I don't have time to teach on them today... But, ...but tongues, interpretation of tongues... ...prophecy... ...the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge... ...discerning of spirits... ...special faith... ...the gifts of healings, working of miracles... And you know, in, in my time in the ministry over the last many, many, couple, of few decades now, I've heard so much teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Tongues, interpretation tongues, prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, what's known as special faith, gifts of healing, working in miracles. Those are all good. I believe in them. They're all good. They're for us now. Today, I've, I've operated in these gifts by the power of the Holy Spirit at times Wonderful. But, you know, I haven't heard near as much teaching on the fruit of the Spirit over all these decades as I have on the gifts of the Spirit. Heard much more on the gifts of the Spirit. And again, it is interesting. How many fruit are there? Nine. 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 And and, and how many gifts are there? Nine. Nine. See, I think the reason people center in on the gifts more is because they're more spectacular. They're more... um, like, like like gifts of healings, working of miracles. That interests people more than long suffering or patience or kindness. right? So we put more emphasis on these gifts because you know, who who doesn't want to see somebody get healed or you know, or, or, or blind eyes come open or deaf ears pop open? We we we've had deaf ears come open over the, the years here in the, in, in, in the ministry and other things. How many has ever been in here when I go and I start telling the testimonies of the, the healings that God has done here in this place? See, that that's interesting to people and, and, and rightly so. But when you start talking about these fruit, you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to be kind. That's not as spectacular. So I guess we don't put as much time on the fruit as we should. And then you wonder why so many Christians are Slapping people back when they get slapped. It's because we haven't been teaching enough, I guess, on the fruit. That's why I'm teaching on it. And it's interesting, as I said, there's nine fruit of the Spirit. I be, Listen to this. I believe to the degree we develop in the nine fruit of the Spirit, to that same degree we can be used efficiently by God in the nine gifts of the Spirit. Now that's a real real good statement I made there. I believe that if you really want to see those gifts of the Spirit really flowing to the full, we need to develop ourselves in the, if you want to see those gifts, you know, working, who doesn't want to see working of miracles? We all, We all want to see that. But to get those really to the full, those gifts, I believe we need to develop in the fruit, and get the fruit. If we could get the fruit flowing and, 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 and... Have you ever seen fruit that was real ripe? How many likes ripe fruit? Ripe banana, ripe a ripe orange, ripe. You know it's ripe. I don't like bananas when, they're, when they're, they're green. You go to the store now and buy bananas, they're all green, you know. You've got to let them sit a few days. But if we could get all of our fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, ripe... You know what I mean? Guess what? The flesh would be put down and under control. And then guess what can happen? Those gifts can go into operation more powerfully than ever before. Did you understand that? you see that? And then in 1 Corinthians 12, so he talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Then he talks about the body of Christ. How many of you know we're all members of the body of Christ if we're born again? And then, after he goes through, it's interesting, after he goes through those, those gifts and all, and then talks about the body of Christ, then he moves to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And I'm going to read eight verses here in the Amplified Classic. It'll be on the screen if you don't have it, in the Amplified Bible. And I tell you what, if there was one passage of Scripture that, that I would tell every Christian to read every day... Now, I don't read this every day. I should. I'm going to endeavor to. But if we would read this every day and meditate on it, I think we'd be a lot better off. Why don't we make an effort to do that this year? Eight verses. What did that take? Five minutes. But you'd be better off to get these and meditate on them. Paul says, and the Holy Ghost is speaking through him, and he's saying to this church where he just talked about the the gifts of the Spirit. Then he says, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels and have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us, he says, If I could speak in the tongues of men and even of angels and have not love, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Do you ever think about that? He said, if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose of God, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Now you think about what he just said there. You just think about that. And and for years, I, I being around a charismatic church. So I was raised in a Baptist church, and then got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then came over among the the charismatics. And and I've watched the charismatics for many many decades put all the emphasis on those gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues and tongues and interpretation, and and I believe in all that. We've had it all in here. Absolutely. But Paul says, if I could do all those things, I've I've operated in the the office of the prophet at times, and and prophesied things that would happen in this nation, and, and 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 it's happened. It is wonderful, isn't it? But he says, if you could do all of that, And have not love, you're a useless what? Nobody. And then, he says in verse 3, Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned, or in order that I may uh, glory, or in order that I may glory, and have not love, God's love in me, I gain what? Nothing. Nothing. So you give all the money that you have, have, give your body to be burned. But if you don't have love, he says it's, it's, it's nothing. And then verse 4 through 8, I tell you what, if every married couple, and every, everybody, but particularly married couples that are having issues with their marriage, if they do, verses 4 through 8, these four verses can put marriages back together better than anything I've ever seen in my life but you have to do what it says. Watch this. Now it's going to tell us about what love is. How, how it, It's going to tell us about love and, 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 and what it looks like, how, it, how, it, how it's supposed to taste, how it's supposed to function and how it does function. Love endures long and is patient and kind. That's why it's the most important fruit because love encompasses all those other fruit. As we'll see as we go. But he says it right here. Love is patient and kind. Remember what patience is? The ability to wait for something with a good and a right attitude. Mm -hmm. Kindness. We'll talk about that later. Love never is envious or boils over with jealousy. Is not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. Love, verse 5, is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It's not rude or unmannerly. Have you ever seen Christians that have not had, they, they didn't have the, the the love of God, that fruit developed in their life, and you've seen them be rude and unmannerly? Has anybody ever seen a Christian be rude or unmannerly? Have you ever been rude or unmannerly? I mean, If that happens, it means we haven't developed the fruit of love as we should. It's not rude unmentally and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist, here we go, (laughs) does not insist on its own rights or its own way. That'll save some marriages right there. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy. Have you ever met somebody who's touchy, touchy, touchy? You know what I'm talking about? You even look at them and they offend them. Or you don't look at them and you offend them. Love is not touchy. This is agape. This is God's love that's in us. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. (laughs) Wow. Watch it. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Now that's something right there. Pays what? Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. But pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Well... If you're walking in love, we pay what? No attention to it. it. Even if you've suffered wrong, love pays no attention to it. Pastor, I could never do that. Yeah, you could. The love of God's in you. You just got to develop it. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time in the Word. Verse 6, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness but rejoices when right and truth prevail. See, if somebody's done you wrong and then some months come and go and you find out that they've had a struggle, something's happened to them, because that's happened in my life on a few occasions where I've had people do me wrong, just do me just, just wrong. And then year or, two, year or two goes by and you find out some catastrophes happened to them. Now, what does your flesh want to do? Your flesh wants to go, they had it coming. They had it coming, yeah. But what does love do? It doesn't rejoice, does it? Is that right? It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and right. It rejoices when right and truth prevail. When something goes wrong with somebody that did you wrong, you don't rejoice over that. You're broken over it. Your flesh wants to rejoice, but what does love do? Love is, is broken over it. Love, love wants to reach out to that person and help them. Can, can you say Amen. They did you wrong. How can we help them? That's how love responds. Pray for them. Verse 7. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Wow. So when you hear somebody talking at lunch bad about somebody else. The flesh wants to listen in. Right? Right? flesh wants to join in but what does love do love is ever ready to believe the best of every person its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances it endures everything without weakening and then here's another reason why love is the most important fruit love never fails or fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end And then he goes on, it's interesting, he says as for for prophecy, and and then he talks about these other, those gifts. Did you know the gifts, and you can read it, I'll not take the time. Did you know those gifts of the Spirit one day are going to pass away? They haven't yet, but they're going to one day. But love will never pass away. That's another reason the fruit ought to be emphasized more than the gifts of the Spirit. Because the gifts of the Spirit will one day be unnecessary, but love and the fruit will always be necessary. And then look at the verse thirteen here, First Corinthians thirteen, thirteen. I'm going to read this in the New King James Version. It says, Now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is what? Is love. Now I'm going to conclude. I've got a few things I want to go through here. My last page of notes. But look at Matthew twenty two, thirty six. Love's pretty important, isn't it? You learning anything? Good. Jesus was asked, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to this man, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You'll love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So what is the entirety of the, the law and the prophets, the entirety of the law and the prophets, what does it hang on? It hangs on one thing, it hangs on love. Agape, unconditional love. That's why I said a while ago, love is the greatest of the fruit. Now, now remember this here, this teacher came up to this guy came up and asked the Lord. It's interesting, he called him teacher. He didn't call him Lord, he called him teacher. To get saved, you have to see Jesus as more than a good man or more than a, a teacher or prophet. You have to see him as the Lord, Amen. son of God. Is that right? Yes. And uh, anyway, real, real quick, go to Matthew seven 12. I'll come back to that in just a second. Let, let's close up here. Let's check our fruit. Have you ever gone in the grocery store and you check the fruit before you buy it? Let's check our fruit. Let's see. Let's check ourselves. Let's see if we got love in us. Matthew seven twelve. Have you ever heard the golden rule? Yes. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them for this, on this hang of the law and the prophets. What's the golden rule? Do unto others the way you'd have them do unto you. Are you doing, let me ask you a question, a rhetorical question. Are you doing that in your life? Are you treating others the way you would want them to treat you? Very good. At least you're trying. That's good. You're making an effort. That's good. Now go to Luke 10. Remember when that guy came up and said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, Love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, in Luke's, in Luke's account, this fellow that called Jesus teacher then said, because he was trying to justify himself, and he said, who's my, who's my neighbor? And Jesus gives him the answer here. Let's check our fruit here. Let's see. Let's see which one of these three people we are, as we read here. Jesus answered and said, a certain man, have you ever heard the Good Samaritan? Yeah. Here we go. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down, a, a, a who? A, a priest. A, that's a religious man. That's not just a uh, what we'd call a Christian. That's a guy that stands behind a pulpit. Is that right? And when he saw this guy, he passed by on the other side. Now this guy certainly didn't have love on the inside of him, did he? And then likewise, a Levite—that's also a preacher, a minister. When he arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. That's, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? Do you know over the many decades of time when, when my wife and I, we've fallen into some issues, not very many of them, but how many of you know the crises of life come to us all? You hit a hard time. And there's been times in my life, and, and, and even back, I mean, I'm not, I mean, just over the many, many, many years, there's, there's been so many times I would rather be, I would rather, or let me put it another way. I got better, I was shown more love by sinners than I was shown by people that go to church on, every Sunday. Did you hear what I just said? Yes. Yes. Now you think about that. People, I'm talking. People go to church almost every Sunday. I'd rather deal with a ranked sinner than a lot of those people that go to church every Sunday. Does anybody? Can anybody relate to what I just said? I don't mean everybody, but I, 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 a lot of good church people. Come on, say Amen. A lot of, a lot, a lot of good ones. But there's been so many of them that I would, and, and preachers too. I, I hate to say it, but. There's a lot of them I'd rather be dealing with a rank sinner than with the guy that comes up there, stands behind the pulpit, and says, I love you until you need him for something. He ain't nowhere to be found. Notice verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, and, and, a, and a lot of good preachers. Don't misunderstand. A lot of good ones. But I... <laughs> Anyway, but a certain Samaritan... As he journeyed, now this Samaritan, th- these were these were people that were like outcast. Nobody really wanted to have anything to do with the Samaritans. But this Samaritan came by, as he journeyed, came where this guy that was beaten up was. And when he saw him, he had what? He had yes. compassion or love. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, poured in oil and wine, sat him on his own animal, brought him to the inn, took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, that's money, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay you. Now let me ask you a question. Who would you, if you were laying there by the side of the road, who would you rather have come by? The priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? Samaritan. Why? Because he had compassion, w- compassion or what? Love. Love, and he was walking in it. Yes. And then Jesus said to which of these do you think was neighbor to him who him who who fell among thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him, and Jesus said what? Go and do well go do likewise. Two more openings, then we'll, then we'll be done. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty six. While you're turning there, let me ask you a question. Are you more like the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? We all ought to be like the Samaritan. That's why he's called the Good Samaritan. Now, when we get saved, we become members of the body of Christ. Have you ever stubbed your little toe... Does that little toe have all the attention of the rest of your body? Yeah. Even though it's just a little toe, just a little toe. But it gets all the attention, doesn't it? And so Paul was talking about believers, human beings, as individual members of the body of Christ. And he says, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Have you noticed that about your own body? Even if you got a little hangnail and your fingers, or you cut you, you ever cut your finger? Anybody ever cut your finger? And and the rest of the body, it, that finger has all the attention, doesn't it? Because if anything goes wrong in your body, the rest of the members of your body, it, all the, it gets all the attention, doesn't it? If one member suffers, all members suffer with it. So let me ask you this, if, if a member of our church was suffering, everybody should what? Suffer with it. But Pastor Terry, now, now, now if I'm suffering, I want you to be there to suffer with me, but if you're suffering, I, I don't pay no attention to it because you're the preacher. Is that right or wrong? Wrong. So if I'm suffering, if you're suffering, we all ought to give full attention. Is that correct? Yeah. Similarly, if any one of us got honored, look at what, what he went on to say. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Yeah. So are we doing that? We're examining our fruit right here. And then finally, first John three sixteen. By this we know love. How can we know love? By this we know love. Because he, Jesus, laid down his life for us. And we, and we also ought to what? Lay down our lives for the... Are you doing that? Are you doing that? Whoever has this world's good, sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in that person? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in what? Deed and in truth. truth. Well, if all of us just did half of what I said here today from the word of God, we'd all be better off, wouldn't we? You can stand with me if you would. If you need prayer for anything, there'll be some people standing up here. You can come up afterwards and get prayer. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, be sure you do that before you leave today. You can come up here and these people will pray with you. They're good people. Heavenly Father, I pray for all of us that we all would endeavor.